0: Well, thank you, David, for your welcome. It is great to be here um, at Wodonga. um, And uh, you're a church partner with us, and I'd like to start off by thanking you for uh, partnering in what we're doing uh, and the mission and ministry that God's working through um, our Baptist Church's aid organisation. It's great to be part of and great to be here with you. I'd like to start off with a question uh, to you. Looking at the world... Do you see the world as God intends? When you look at it, do you go, yep, this is the world that God actually created and saw right before he began speaking into life, existence. Sadly, I don't know about you, but sadly when I look at the world, I don't see a world uh, that God actually intended for it to be. Instead, I see a world full of pain, I see a broken world impacted by war and disaster. I see a world that, uh, that uh, has countries like Ukraine or Afghanistan or Tonga or Myanmar or Haiti uh, or even Yemen and Kenya and that's just in the last year who are struggling with conflict, uh, disaster. I see a world that's actually captured by self. It's intoxicated by self and this is not a new thing. The prophet Isaiah uh, uh, spoke uh, words uh, at the fall, uh, about the fall of Babylon, warning that it was going to happen and he identifies this issue. He repeatedly points out, you say to yourself, I am and there is none beside me. We read that in Isaiah 47. Beth Moore calls this the Babylon mentality. I am and there's none beside me is a self-centered, arrogant perspective and approach to life. Yet it's actually one that is accepted. It's actually encouraged in the world that we live. This perspective and approach to life is all about building my kingdom my kingdom with me at the center. Now is there anything wrong with this? The majority would say no, as long as I'm not hurting anyone, there's nothing wrong with living in the, with the premise of I am and there's none beside me. It's actually seen as an acceptable way to live. However, although it might be acceptable by the majority, it is problematic. Because if I am building my kingdom, then I am not building God's kingdom. If I'm building my kingdom with me at the centre, then I'm not building God's kingdom with God, with Jesus at the centre. This perspective and approach to life I am and there's none beside me is so ingrained within our culture that it is actually not easy to shift the focus from my kingdom to God's kingdom. Honestly, it seems much easier to just live building my own kingdom. But if I am building my own kingdom, I'm not following Jesus. Because Jesus was about the kingdom of God. Jesus says in Luke 4, I must proclaim the good news. Now, what's the good news? What's he saying? The good news is I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God because that is why I was sent. Jesus was focused on the kingdom of God, seeing the world through God's eyes, seeing the world as God intends. In fact, Jesus was so focused on the kingdom of God that he instructed us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. This is why, as the pull to build my kingdom wrestles with my desire to follow Jesus, when I stop and say, how do I want to see the world? I come up with, I want to see a world where God's people are not focused on their little kingdoms, but are actually focused on God's kingdom. Following Jesus, living a life focused on God's kingdom, it's not easy. It actually takes courage. It takes courage to go against the acceptable Babylonian mentality. It takes courage to see the world through God's eyes, to see the world as he intends, to see a better world, to see a world where justice wins, where families actually flourish, where poverty has ended, where all people enjoy the fullness of life that God intended. We know, we heard some reference to it a bit earlier, we know from the creation narrative in Genesis 1-3 to that God's intentions have always been about an emergence of a world filled with healthy, vibrant creatures who who live in a safe, just, welcoming and equitable community, who are lovingly engaged with their creator. However, we know that our rebellious, unloving response towards God our sinfulness, actually consumed the world with brokenness. Now we also know from the biblical narrative, from Genesis 4 right through to Revelation 22, we know that God's intention for a world where everyone enjoys the fullness of life, where all people are living in right relationship with God, with each other and with ourselves, with the earth that we're meant to steward and take care of, we learn that God's intention has not changed. We discover that God is still in the business of restoration and making new. We discover that God has held nothing back for this to happen. including his son Jesus, who actually came to restore our broken world. We're told in Colossians 3.10 that through Jesus, God is making everything new. This means that we may look at the world, we may see the world broken with sin, but now, through Jesus, we actually have hope We actually have the possibility of the fullness of life that God actually intends. We have the expectation that all things will be made new. We have the vision of the new heaven and the new earth as well as the reality of the kingdom of God that is both here and now declared by Jesus. The kingdom of God is here as well as the anticipation of its um, its full fulfillment in the future. When we read the Bible, one thing we learn, God has not abandoned creation. He has actually set about redeeming it and restoring it. And in many, many ways he has done this, but he's done it completely and definitively through the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. God sets about overturning injustice and violence and poverty and exclusion and he creates welcoming communities of faith that are just, that has hope, that have peace. Jesus shows this in what he did as well as in what he says. To Zacchaeus, Jesus says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. And to the Pharisees in the crowd at one time, Jesus said, A thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that they may have life. And have it what? Have it to the full. Abundance. Through the gospel narratives, we see how Jesus intentionally sought out men and women who actually lived on the margins, so that he could actually place um, bring them to a place where they can have a sense of belonging, where they can have a sense of wholeness, where they can begin to um, experience that abundant life. The BWA devotion, Jesus on the Margins, explores encounters that Jesus had with six women. And we heard um, two of those encounters read earlier on. One of the encounters was the crippled woman from Luke 13. Jesus is teaching in the synagogue, listening in the, um, li- listening in the shadows is this crippled, marginalised, poverty-stricken woman. She couldn't even hold her head up to actually look at Jesus. She was so stooped down. She came to listen and to her surprise, as she hid away in the background on the margin, no one else would have seen her, most likely, Jesus calls her forward. Jesus notices her. Jesus then touches her and then confirms with his words that she had been set free from her bent, battered, broken state. And Jesus doesn't stop there. He then actually affirmed that the identity of this obscure, nameless woman he affirms her by calling her daughter of Abraham. Then we have the sinful woman. Now somehow, she, knowing that Jesus would be there, she takes great risk in gate crashing a party that is happening in a Pharisee's house. She doesn't only do that. She brings with her a very expensive alabaster jar that is filled with very expensive perfume. We're told this because we're getting the picture that these two articles would have cost her everything. Turning up at that house uninvited was going to cost her everything, but it didn't stop her. She crashes into the party and she she pours the perfume on Jesus' feet. She she serves him and Jesus becomes the object of her very public display of affection as well as devotion. And she wipes his feet with her tears. She anoints his hair with the perfume. Here's what we learn about these, from these two women's encounters with Jesus. One thing we see in both stories is that the presence of Jesus alone made the difference in these women's lives. But what was that difference? Now we know personally, a lot of us know personally, the difference that an encounter with Jesus makes in our life. We also know that our life doesn't suddenly change to some fairy tale existence. These women probably still faced cultural marginalisation. They still probably were socially isolated. They still pr- were economically poor. They probably conti- they continued to not probably they did they continued to live in a male dominated culture. They went on to experience the decay of their human bodies as they aged and eventually they died. Even after their encounter with Jesus, life was still going to be hard. It was still gonna be full of conflict and headaches and body aches and and obstacles that would confound them and confuse them and challenge them. So what was the difference? in these women following the encounter with Jesus? Well, in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, we're told, and now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. This is the difference that Jesus made to these women. Each woman was transformed by the great love, of, and the, the greatest love actually the world has known, the great love of Jesus. Jesus was deeply moved to respond to their physical circumstances, but he also addressed their in, the interior matters within their lives. To the crippled woman in the synagogue... He, he he healed her from her physical ailments, but he also restored her identity. Daughter of Abraham. He restored her identity and he also redirected her to the purpose of the purpose that she has in life, which was what? To worship God. To the sinful woman whose tears washed Jesus' feet. Jesus publicly accepted that gift. He extended amazing grace towards this woman. He gave her forgiveness as well as an abiding peace within her life. In fact, through this interaction with the sinful woman, Jesus proclaimed a new hope for those who are broken and those who have been marginalised by their world. The women's encounter with Jesus did change the course of their earthly lives, as each, but he also invited each woman into an eternal friendship relationship with their God. I'd like to introduce you to another woman. Her name's Mayo, and she's a mum who lives in rural northern Cambodia. Cambodia with a husband and two sons. Before our local partner actually started working in their village, Mayo and her husband had no stable income. They actually struggled to afford food and school costs for their children, and they had little access to clean water. Now, although they didn't want to leave their young children alone, Mayo and her husband had sometimes no choice as they had to go into the forest to to scrounge around and collect wood that they could then come back and sell for firewood. Now, it was very dangerous dangerous activity, apart from leaving your young kids alone and vulnerable, uh, doing that activity, rummaging around, uh, Mayo found out it was dangerous because at one point in time, she was bitten by a snake as she was foraging around for wood. When our local partner began working in Mayo's village, things changed. They changed for her family, they changed for the whole village. Mayo and her husband actually learnt a variety of agricultural skills and they received a loan from their local savings group, which actually allowed them to set up a small business and work from home. Now, working from home meant that they no longer had to leave their children in that vulnerable position. They were now able to grow vegetables and and raise chickens, and they actually had enough food to feed their family, as well as leftover, which they could then sell at the local market. They also were able to invest the savings group loan into purchasing some um, some equipment Um, which would help them, them get fresh water and would actually deliver it to all the families in their village. Now, Mayo and her husband, having stable income, their sons were no longer hungry. Now Mayo also stepped up after this experience and she became the village health volunteer. And so what she was able to do is attend numerous training sessions on personal health and also hygiene. This was before the pandemic. She was able to actually share with her village the things that she learned about simple practices of hand washing. Now. It's very difficult to get your hands clean if you have no running water, access to no water at all, clean water at all. So Mayo also learned how to actually build and construct and install what is called a tippy-tap. Now some of you, all of us probably know what a tippy-tap is, you just never heard of it that way. It's a tap you turn on with your foot, plain and simple. Why is that so dramatic? Because it's less contact. means you can get your hands clean. So she actually learned how to build them. She installed them in a village and the whole village life changed as they were able to reduce the transmission of bacteria, a very simple thing, something we take for granted in our world. Again, this was all before COVID-19 hit the world. You know... Like the two women in the Gospels, Mayo experienced the great love of Jesus through the generous, faithful response of his followers. Mayo encountered Jesus, encountered the love of Jesus through his followers, and that changed her life. It changed her village life. Listening to Mayo's story, We're again reminded, though, that the world is not as God intends. It is still full of broken, battered, grieving, alienated men, women and children. Full of those who fled homes, who have lost jobs and can't feed their children, who are living in poverty. Listening to Mayo's story, we're actually reminded of God's message of good news we're reminded that God is full of mercy and grace which he clearly showed through the life death and resurrection of Jesus listening to Mayo's story we're reminded that God has actually entrusted his people followers of Jesus with this bold radical trustworthy life-giving life-saving message of good news God actually invites us, Jesus' followers, to join him and to champion his plan for a better world for all. Now, this is an amazing privilege as well as a big responsibility for all of us as followers of Jesus. But it's something the Baptist World Aid takes seriously and embraces with all the successes that come, comes with it as well as all the challenges. And we, along with you as followers of Jesus, we pray this prayer as we do that. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does it mean for us to have a kingdom of God focus as well as put into practice the prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does this mean? Well, we see, we believe that it means in dark times we can actually together offer hope. We can offer hope for a better. And we can do things like, We can provide resources for displaced children so that they can go to school, so that they have safe places to play. We can help increase community preparedness. We can equip them for when disaster strikes, so that they can look forward to a better future. Over the past couple of years, it meant, it's meant bringing hope to communities which have been devastated through COVID-19. We also believe it means that all people, whether they're vulnerable people or not, all people deserve justice. And so together we can help children to be safe. We can we can help them strengthen child protection um, networks. We can build resilience in the children. We can we can ensure that there's um, there's inclusion for those who are experiencing disability. We can actually stand with women and help them to establish life um, life savings groups, so that they can fund their families' livelihoods, and build their community enterprises we believe it means we need to practice generosity so that we can actually provide food relief when it's needed, that we can actually help and, and support our maternal uh, health care, which means mothers and babies actually will survive the birthing process. We can give as we practice our generous lifestyle, we can give where the need is greatest. And we also believe part of putting this prayer into practice is it's about renewal. Renewal for families, renewal for communities, renewal for the land which actually nourishes them. So together we can help people care for the environment and actually manage the resources which they have available for their use. We can provide agricultural training like a Mayo experienced, so that families can actually use to the optimum benefit the land which has, been, which has been theirs, which they have under their stewardship. You know, putting into practice a kingdom focus, putting into practice the prayer, Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven means offering hope and justice. It means practicing generosity, and it means facilitating renewal. Why don't we hear about this actually in practice? Why don't we watch this video?
1: 38 local Christian partners in 17 countries. Cambodia is one of these countries. Actually, the story of this uh, youth, she began as a child partner when she was in grade three and now that she is in grade 12, she is uh, creating so much changes in her community. And uh, despite the, the pandemic, she still find a way on how she can actually contribute to uh, her fellow uh, children like uh, teaching the children in the teacher uh, in the Sunday school and also uh, helping the community uh, on the campaign, the the COVID-19 prevention campaign that the local government is doing so that the communities will be able to prevent community transmission. of uh, of the people around the community because you know uh, in the area the face to face interaction with staff and with communities with volunteers are one of the major approach that we're using to transform people but uh, we find a way on how we'll be able to communicate with them despite the limitation of uh, communicating with them face to face and disruption of classes still continues to be uh, a problem reduction of income also to the households, that uh, sometimes they are forced to reduce the food consumption of the household and may result in the future a malnutrition. And uh, one more thing is the increased anxiety of people. We also have a challenge Some for our church and some are still closed. But for the home church, it's much church, they can open and they can uh, worship. Suffering make us strong, and when we are it, it is a testimony of the success of God in our life. We can see people uh, helping one another, and uh, we don't count how little or how small we can contribute, we can share. What is important is our intentionality to help, and that is actually sparking the, the hope of those people who are experiencing uh, difficulty. We pray for safety and protection from any form of harm, especially uh, to our partner communities where there's an occurrence of uh, the community transmission and also at the same time, uh, protection for our staff, the safety of our children as we reopen our schools. I would like to say thank you to Church in Australia for the love and faithful continuing to support us during this hard time. Your participants encourage us and remind us we are standing together in God's faith. Thank you.
0: We can see like um, the women in the gospel and Mayo, that the the young woman who started um, as a child sponsor when she was in grade three and has has experienced the great love of Jesus that's actually changed her earthly life all because of the faithfulness and the generosity of Jesus' followers. And this is something that you actually can be part of. Uh, Baptist World Aid uh, actually me- offers opportunity for you to partner with us In the life-giving, um, life-changing work that God is doing through, uh, through us And you may be aware, hopefully you are That um, one way you can be part of it is through the church partnership Which you as a church has and your country of focus is Cambodia. So you've been part of uh, the change that you've heard in Mayo and the change that you heard uh, in the young woman's uh, life. You can be part of the the um, partnership. You know, um, last year there was, um, or last financial year, because we haven't quite got um, the um, the... Uh, information for the financial year of 2022 yet. You know, there were six projects in Cambodia, 386 community groups were, were um, created and run and are running. 41,000 plus people's lives were directly impacted by the work of Baptist World Aid through our local partners, something which your church is partnering with nearly 8,000 of these people were children and 300-plus people were those who actually were living with disabilities. And it involved training people to actually, with practical skills, particularly through the COVID, so personal hygiene, uh, so to re- reduce the risk. And, you know, the communities in which Baptist World Aid works were working in and had worked in around the world, not just in Cambodia, displayed great resilience through the pandemic uh, because of the work and the change which had happened in their life. There's things like um, in in, um, countries like Cambodia, there's there's people which are called um, ID poor. It means that they really don't have an identity with respect to the government. Can you imagine not having an identity in Australia with respect to the government? It means they can't access anything. And so we actually work with getting these ID poor people um, able to um, get themselves noticed so that they can get help for COVID-19, but also get funding and support. Um, There was some development work that was done, uh, particularly responding to disaster. That's become a big thing. And actually... Uh, the majority of our groups in Cambodia were actually registered uh, with the government, which meant that they could get the support that was available for them. And we also worked with those groups to strengthen their um, knowledge of human rights and to strengthen their knowledge of child protection. That's the type of work that you can be part of through your church partnership. And another way to be part of the work, to partner with Baptist World Aid is something that you probably all are aware of is through child sponsorship and and for you it's actually sponsoring a child who is uh, in Cambodia so it's like the young woman uh, that we see you know you a child starts with us in grade uh, three and their whole life has changed the direction of their life has changed and it's because of um, a faithful follower of Jesus a generous follower of Jesus in Australia and In our child sponsorship program, it's not just that one child that you're sponsoring whose life is changed. You know, their whole family is changed. In fact, their whole village is changed. Because we go to a village, we go to a community, and we look at the community and go, how can we we help them? to achieve what they want to achieve? How can we help them to experience the fullness of life, to experience the love of God? How can we help them do that? So it's not just the one child or the half a dozen children that we might sponsor in that village. Uh, It's through the child sponsorship that we're able to impact the whole village. And then when we are finished, we can walk away from that community knowing that they are empowered, that they have identity, they have, a self, they have a self-worth. They are beginning to understand, as David referred, that they are made in the image of God. Because you know what comes with being made in the image of God for all of us, for all people? Dignity. And so you give someone back their dignity that is theirs, because they are made in the image of God, that simple thing, lives are changed. If you're wanting to get more involved or you want more information, uh, there's the there's the coupon on the seats, you can you can take that home, you can give through that, that goes through Wodonga's um page, webpage, um, that's um but their Baptist World Aid webpage. Web so All info on your church partnership is through that. You can scan that and do that. Child sponsorship, um, you can come and speak to me about that later. I'm going to finish with a a little quote from a a 13-year-old boy called Chia. And I'm going to quote it exactly as he wrote it. I only knew that Christian only preaching, but now I really know and surprise as Christians are doing many great works, promote child rights, education and child protection. It's clear that Chia is also experiencing the great love of Jesus through the generosity and the faithfulness of his followers. Chia is encountering Jesus through the loving actions of Jesus' followers and it's changing his life on earth. All because followers of Jesus joined God in championing his plan for a better world. All because followers of Jesus saw the world through God's eyes, seeing a world as he intended, a better world. All because they prayed the prayer and put it into practice, your kingdom come Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.